the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tim, we're on. This is Dr. Bill. We got the Super Bowl today, Ken. Absolutely, sir. Looking forward to it. You probably didn't know that uh, Philadelphia is going to win. That's that's what I'm thinking. (laughs) At least that's what all the odds makers and pundits are saying. By one and a half points, I think. It's going to be close, yeah. Well, we'll see. You know, they they predict that with a lot of Super Bowls, and then it ends up being a blowout. But you never know. It depends on on the health of the players and uh, the other conditions. You know, there's a lot of uh, factors involved and, uh, you know, morale and, and so on and so forth. And just, yeah, just the pressure of being in the big game. Yeah, and uh, I think this is the third or fourth time that Mahomes has been in a Super Bowl, so he should be a little more comfortable. Well, yeah, but you still got to have somebody to catch the ball. So, yeah, well, I think he does. <laughs> so, he does, yeah. and I think Jalen isn't he the new guy for Philadelphia? Oh, not sure yeah. on that one. Something like that. I yeah. think he's the quarterback. I think this is his first time in a big game, but he looks pretty, uh, pretty confident. So, should be a good game. We're so gonna have. So you're picking the Eagles? I ain't picking nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking. We're we're gonna have a little party up at the clubhouse tonight, just for the neighbors, and uh, basically it's just an opportunity to get together with folks and and do a little socializing and enjoy the evening. But it, it, it's kind of sad because it marks the end of winter, uh, but it's kind of happy because it's really almost the beginning of spring. We got spring coming up in March. That's right. Players and uh, pitchers and catchers should be reporting in about a week. Yeah, so we'll have spring training down here in Florida. But uh, I love football. I'm, I'm not a big baseball fan. I, I I go to games occasionally, and they're really enjoyable when you are there. It's much better sport to see live. It's like ice hockey. It's it's much better when you see it live than it is on TV. That's for sure. It can get boring on baseball, especially. It can get boring on TV. No. Yep, yep. But we'll see. It should be a good game. Hopefully, it'll be close. Uh, I think that uh, they're fairly evenly matched. Uh, except for the the Philadelphia defense, which looks pretty awesome, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm picking the Eagles, so okay, you go with the Eagles. I'll uh, I'll stay on the sidelines on this one. I'm I'm for whoever wins. There you go. May the best team win, and all that. May the best team win. So uh, we shot down uh, another UFO or a balloon. Or yeah, we're something. getting good at it now. Yeah, well, I think is the F twenty two a little overkill? I think maybe a little, a little bit. Let's try a bow and arrow. Yeah, but it gives them an opportunity to do a little target practice. So, uh, <laughs> apparently, this thing was only at forty thousand feet. So, it uh, according to Trudeau, it posed a risk to commercial traffic, and uh, the Chinese are mocking Biden for knocking down balloons and uh, with fighter jets have 22s he says it's hysterical and they say it's laughably juvenile so they're they, now they're they're crucifying poor biden in the press and uh 
I don't know how he takes that. Do you think he gets his feelings hurt, or do you think he really cares? Um, I think there's another Joe Biden we never see. And he's cursing his mouth off. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm sure that he's he's not a nice person behind the scenes. Right. I, I wouldn't want to cross him just like I wouldn't want to cross Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, it's just a persona they put on. Yeah, and I definitely wouldn't want to cross the Clintons. You end up dead. <laughs> no. <laughs> You'll get killed. <laughs> that's no way to, you know, that's not nice to play like that. Well, you think they're going to stop sending balloons now? They're going to keep doing it. I I would. I'd keep them up and see, you know. In fact, I'd charge. I'd say, look, we'll float some more balloons over, but you got to pay us for the balloons so you can have target practice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's a it's a weird world right now. It's a weird world. And uh, there's a California baker, Jen Angel, out in Oakland. Uh, she had Angel's Bakery, and uh, some thugs uh, broke her car window at a at a bank. I guess she was at the ATM, stole her stuff, and so she chased them on foot. And uh, she got caught in their door, dragged 50 feet, hit her head on the curb, and she's dead. Mm -hmm. and now her friends are saying she wouldn't want the people that uh, perpetrated this uh, to go to jail because she was an anarchist and a social activist. And she would not think that prison would do anything to help the situation out. I'm, oh, wait a minute. I, you can let these people roam the street. I mean, how selfish is this to, uh, to say that we should let people out on the street leave them out there who have already caused harm to one or God knows how many other people and let them do more harm to other people. I mean, how selfish is that, Ken? That, that's just, do they have these guys? They, they have, have they been arrested? I don't know that. I don't know. I don't know if they've gotten them yet. Uh, this just happened. Uh, what on the 11th, the 10th or the 11th. And this is what the 12th, but that's what second degree homicide at, at least, yeah. at well, least part of you, you'd be yeah, you'd be up for homicide because you killed someone in the act of a of a felony. Yeah. So, you know, the state will just prosecute them no matter what, I would think. California. Well, you're right. We'll see. Buddy <laughs> Silly <boy>. me. <laughs> see, we shall see. I mean, they'll probably be out on bail and, you know, be out thugging other people. But uh, yeah, they're lucky they're not in Florida, you know. As a longtime social movement activist and anarchist, Jen did not believe in incarceration as an effective solution to social violence and inequity. Let's just let them all run loose. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe this experience would have changed her mind if she would have survived it. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, I, I think that there's definitely, uh, I don't want to say necessarily an intellectual gap, but, uh, there's something that is absolutely way off about this. I mean, I don't think that people think through uh, their philosophies and stances uh, when they say and do things like this because it just it endangers the rest of us. And how, how socially responsible is that? You're endangering yourself when you say that. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're allowing people to run amok and uh, we see the same thing in, in, in all aspects of life and you can't let people do that. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of what I do on a day-to-day -day basis is structuring people and uh, as president of our homeowners association, I'm dealing with uh, a small group of rebellious people who are 
you know, being chaotic and, and making up all kinds of stories and demanding things that, that we don't have to give and uh, expectations that are unrealistic. But what do you do? And these are typically normal people that we're usually you're dealing with. Yep. Well, you got to just plug on through it, and you get your skin thickened up, and uh, it's becoming the norm now. Yeah. If yeah, I don't know if it's any more or less, but it certainly is more in our face. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, maybe that's it. It's, yeah, you see more of it. Yeah. yeah, you see more of it. I mean, I, I remember the first time we had a mass murder in uh, in Louisville back in the '60s when I was in high school. It, I don't not mass murder, but two older guys took two younger kids out in the country and killed them. And we were all shocked because we had never heard of that or seen that. But uh, if you look back over time, I mean, look at the 19th century, there was plenty of uh, mass murders and uh, uh, people taking advantage of other people and killing them and robbing them. This isn't anything new. It's just more in your face. Uh, I mean, you can go back and read, uh, 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 novels from the 19th century in England with, uh, uh, oh, what's his name, who wrote all the social novels, and Uriah Heep was one of his villains, and at any rate, there, there's plenty of, the history's replete with this. I'm sure the streets of, uh, of Rome in the first and second century were pretty rough. <laughs> I think you would you would probably take your life into your hands in some parts of town walking around in the evening. More than likely, yeah. So, and, so it's always been like that. Mm-hmm. And it always will be, probably. Well, we would hope that, that we're becoming a little more civilized, certainly. I don't, I don't know. I think we're going backwards. Maybe, but, you know, look, we haven't had a major war since, uh, what, World War Two. I think we're warming up for it right now, but... Yeah, it's it's very possible that we're going to end up in one. The Democrats they they like inflation and they like war. I've never understood that. What is the fascination with? I guess it's a self-aggrandizement. They think that if uh, they're the president and they win the war, they'll go down in history. That's a hard way to do it on the backs of kids that are uh, barely in their late teens, early twenties, sending them off to be killed, but. Well, World War II was a just war. I, would, I wouldn't call that one a waste at all. No, and I, I think that there's times when you have to stand up and fight. Exactly. We were fighting for our very existence at that point, you know. But yeah, we were fighting for, we, we saved the world from uh, tyranny. Yes. So, you know, but the other ones, Vietnam, Korea, those were more political than, I think, military necessity. Well, I think that, uh, that, if you talk to my wife and her generation in Korea, they'd have a whole different take on it. They are so grateful that they're not living in slavery. The South Koreans are, I mean, if it wasn't for us and for the UN and our allies, uh, it would be a very different world indeed. Uh, I think that we did the, the right thing there. And I think we did the right thing in Vietnam. We just didn't finish it. We could have won that war quickly just by bombing Hanoi. Uh, flat, and that would have ended the war. They would have come to the peace table. And in fact, that's what Nixon did. He started uh, uh, strategic bombing of Hanoi, which brought the the North uh, Vietnamese to the table. So, and I, I think that stopping socialism and communism is is an absolute moral imperative. You know the and the that pro- was the po- that was the politics in both those wars. Yeah, well, I think that the that the 
first and foremost, if you read uh, Das Capital and uh, uh, you know the other books by by uh, our communist friends, uh, Marx and Engel, that what they say is that how you get to communism doesn't matter. Whatever it takes, rob, cheat, steal, kill, as long as you get there. And and there's a there's a, an, an inherent immorality in that because it says that the end justifies the means. And that's not the way we live as, as a, a Judeo-Christian society. I mean, it's just not it's just not in our, our DNA, and I don't think it's in anybody's DNA, any, any healthy society, whether it's uh, Muslims or Hindus or Sikhs or anybody. I just don't think it's the, the way that we are genetically wired, and for people to, to say that it should be different and that we should do whatever we have to do to get where we want to go, well, you know, that's an immorality. That's why we have laws, Ken. Yes, I mean, there are even laws for war. Yeah, there are well, rules of war. That's one of the one of the reasons everybody was so upset about the Japanese is they didn't declare it before they started it, and they didn't follow the rules of war. Exactly, they didn't they didn't abide by the Geneva Convention. Did some absolutely terrible things. Yeah, and uh, I, I think that that's uh, that that's a, an immorality that that should have been more severely punished. But MacArthur felt differently. He thought that we should uh, try to preserve the Japanese sense of self uh, and that they would be easier to work with. And I guess in the long run, he was right. But uh, they they let a lot of war criminals go. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's too bad. Not so with the with the Nazis. We hung them. <laughs> 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 they, they were tried and hung. Yes, they were. And uh, that, that's that's, I think that's what's scaring a lot of Russians right now. Yep. Being tried and hung. Yep. So well, you know. I think that that if the Russians lose this war, there'll be some reckoning for them. Yep, they so. will be called to uh, to the world courts, and it might take a while to pursue them. Just like uh, Milosevic, what it take five or ten years to get catch up with him? He we're died. Still, we're still putting Nazis in jail from World War II. Yeah, they were. I mean, well, a lot of a lot of the lower level people got away, but uh, uh, a lot of them were incarcerated, and uh, even the the guys that ran the concentration camps, a lot of them did hard time. Yeah. But I just read a couple of days ago, somebody in his 80s was arrested for being a guard at a concentration camp. Where was this? I, I forgot where it was. I can't remember where it is. I don't think it was here. He's but, still alive? Yeah, he was like 85 when they put him in jail. Lock that SOB up. Yeah. Well, it's, it's uh, you know, man's inhumanity to man the cruelty is uh, certainly not new, but it's certainly much more in our face. <laughs> you know? Well, it's just uh, there's a sense of uh, decorum that's just not there anymore. I remember the first time I saw somebody shout out at a president during uh, a State of the Union speech. I think George W. had that happen to him. Then it happened to Obama. Now it just seems to be normal for people just to shout at the president during the State of the Union address. Well, it's it's not new. I mean, that's been going on. You know, Washington went to Congress one time, and he said, "I'm never going back." That's right. <laughs> they were so rude to him, and uh, you, you know, come on, Andrew Jackson, he was in gunfights with his political opponents. He had a bullet lodged in his shoulder, and uh, when he was in office, they they took it out because he was getting sick, and they thought, well, maybe it's lead poisoning, and. Uh, 
And so he sent it back to the senator. <laughs> he said, sir, I believe this belongs to you. And the senator said, oh, no, by, you know, by rights of possession, it, you've had it much longer than me. It's yours. <laughs> But yeah, there's not a whole lot new. Uh, it just it comes in waves. There's we have eras of uh, more decorum and 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 uh, respectfulness and eras of less, and that's the way it is. I guess so. I'm just not old enough to have experienced it because when I was growing up, that was a you know a solemn thing. The president giving the State of the Union address. Yeah. Well, you know, I was trying to think of Charles Dickens, who wrote uh, uh, all the all the novels in the mid. 19th century, early 20th century. I think he died in the early 20th century about the social injustices in London and, uh, you know, the waifs on the street and the beggars and the, the thieves and all that. So nothing new there, bud. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, out, out in Seattle, the city's going to close down some schools because their enrollment levels have dropped since the pandemic started. They were at 52, 53,000. Now they're down in the 40s. Uh, high 40s, mid 40s, and so they're going to have to consolidate and close some schools. And uh, you know the reasons are people are being home, kids are being homeschooled, they're going to private schools, uh, people are leaving the the city. I mean, a whole whole host of reasons, and all of this is because of the uh, left wing lunacy that's going on in in a lot of the country. Uh, and I don't know, Ken, if if socialization in school is, during the day is as important as, uh, you know, the, the studying and learning process. I just don't know because the kids can socialize after school. I mean, there's plenty of opportunity. You know what I'm saying? They're all looking at their phones anyway. So, Yeah, and I, I think that uh, the kids that I've met who were homeschooled, they played soccer in the afternoon and evenings. They went to uh, different events and clubs and so they they were socialized uh, nice kids though i mean they they had a whole different outlook uh it wasn't as defensive as the kids who were in the public schools and had to always be on their guard so there's something to be said for that in the private schools of course they don't put up with with the nonsense that the public schools put up with no they don't i can tell you that personally oh yeah me too i mean i was raised Catholic went to parochial school and private Catholic boys high school. And, you know, I got, I got a fist in the jaw once from a, one of our brothers, one of our teachers. Well, that's how they teach you to box. Yeah. That's how in they Catholic teach school. They just send the duck send you to the principal's <laughs> office. Yeah. Oh, I got sent to the principal's office and uh, brother Bernard, he was the, the assistant principal and he was this big, tall, heavy bearded, uh, I guess he was Italian uh, New Yorker. And he had a paddle above his door and he paddled kids if they got out of line. And he sat me down and I said, aren't you going to paddle me, brother? He said, would it work? I said, no, sir. He said, (laughs) (laughs) he said that I'm not going to (laughs) bother. Might put my arm out. Yeah. (laughs) You know, he said, Bill, uh, you know, we need to talk. And so he had a serious talk with me and I said, okay, that's when I was sneaking out at night, seeing my girlfriend and, uh, my grades were falling. You're not supposed to do that on a weeknight. Well, look at you now. <laughs> and you turned out just fine. My grades are going up now. <laughs> hey, did you hear about this kid in Tennessee, kindergarten? She uh, pens a story in school about her mother shooting at her father. So uh, 
the school counselor calls uh, protective services in Shelby County and they go out and investigate and they have to break down the door to get in. Uh, apparently, father and mother got into it because father was smoking in the house. He bopped mother in the eye. Mother went and got the gun and started taking some shots at him. And they're locking each other out of the house. The kids are in there scared to death. My goodness. So mom is uh, yeah, just in jail. I think she's out on bail now. And I don't know what's going to happen with dad. It doesn't sound like a good situation at all. No, it sounds like that, um, you know, an order of protection is should be put out for somebody. You know, I'm not sure which one there, but maybe both of them. Yeah. You know what? This is this is the bottom line. Here's what what I've learned from this. Don't teach your kids to read and write because <laughs> <laughs> they're going to read and write about you. <laughs> they're, they're wonderful witnesses. Yes. And you're going to be you're going to be in deep doo doo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad nobody got really you know hurt their shot or anything like that. But yeah, yeah. Could have been much well, worse. It, we had a bumper week this week. I'm I'm surprised, and you know the Canadians are just pouring in. They're just pouring in, Ken. They're coming back in droves, which is good. Good for our economy here in Florida. Good for the practice. But oh my God, are we seeing a lot of pathology? And uh, I'm I'm sometimes I'm overwhelmed, but I can't show it. You know, I have to put on that face and keep moving through the office. And, well, I was in there for a minute. I had to drop off some blood, and uh, you. Uh... You had quite a few people in there, more than I've seen in a while, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, the uh, the pandemic's over, and people are coming back. And the nice thing about the Canadians is they're so grateful to have a doctor they can go to. They just, I hear this story over and over and over again. We've got a waiting list of 200,000, 500,000, 600,000 to, a, a, to get a family practitioner. And guess what? You can't get a referral anywhere without a family practitioner. So you can't just call up your your neighborhood uh, neurologist or, or gastroenterologist or uh, orthopedic surgeon and say, I need to be seen. You, somebody has to refer you. So what do you do? You end up going to the ER if you have an acute problem. And then you have to get in the queue there. And God knows how many hours you're going to wait in the middle of winter. I've, I've heard stories of people waiting 24 hours. My goodness. Seen in the ER 24 hours is it the system just uh they don't do are, nobody wants to be a doctor in uh, canada well I, I think that there's a, a a virtual decrease in the number of doctors as there is in the united states because even though you may be producing more uh the young people coming out they don't want to work the way the old guys and gals did they they want a nine to five and a lot of the doctors will close their offices on Friday. A lot of the family practitioners, they'll just have a message on their answering machine, go to the ER. Oh, really? Usually, yeah. usually there's a backup physician or something like that that I would talk to. Yeah, I think there's not enough physicians to begin with. And then, the, uh, the, of course, the, the pandemic has influenced the, the physician community more in Canada than the United States. A lot of people retired. Uh, a lot of people uh, decided not to continue on doing what they're doing and went to another job or quit and changed their careers altogether. And, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a big problem. It's a mess. Socialism just does not work. Apparently just, not with medicine. No, that, uh, I mean, with <laughs> almost everything, but if we tried to have free enterprise in medicine, people would melt down 
you know, if you had to negotiate with your doctor for fees, uh, then you'd have chaos everywhere. People would not know how to do it. And I see this with the Canadians. I tell them, if you go for self-pay at the hospital or at the outpatient surgery center, uh, or if I refer you to somebody, make sure you negotiate a self-pay rate. If your insurance, your travel insurance isn't going to cover it, you got to negotiate a self-pay rate. Now, we can do that for them, and we do, and we do self we do get self-pay rates for, for anybody who, who wants to come and take advantage of it. So like a, an MRI of the knee or the neck, you're paying $300, $350, which isn't bad. I mean, no, for, not at uh, all. For a high-tech procedure like that and then a reading and an interpretation and then you've got the uh, you've got the text that you have to pay and you have to upkeep your office and your facility so that's not bad um, and there are a lot of the Canadians are just amazed that they can get that done so cheaply They're like how much is it going to cost me 1500 2000 now we get it for you for 350 and we can negotiate with the hospitals if we know in advance so like if we have a self-pay and they're coming in with with an acute crisis like a pneumonia, uh, we can talk with the with the chief financial officer at the hospital and, and negotiate self-pay rates, which are usually pretty good. They're Medicare, a little bit above Medicare, which is actually pretty cheap. Most people don't realize how cheap Medicare is because they see these bills from the hospital can for you know two hundred thousand dollars and Medicare ends up paying twenty. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, th that's just the way the, the hospitals do their bookkeeping and accounting. If they can show a loss and they're in a big corporation, they can shovel that to another uh, entity that's struggling or doesn't have positive income for the fl flow for the year. Wow, I didn't know any of that. Yep. It's it's a different world. You know, well, what, el you know what else is different? What's that? Getting a winner. We got a winner already? No, but we've had like three weeks of nobody winning the mugs. You must be overflowing with mugs right now. We got mugs to give away, mugs on top of mugs. Let's think of something really easy. I think I got an easy one. If you were listening at the beginning of the show, you're going to have the answer, I guarantee it. All right? Okay. This is for two mugs, two Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs. Phone number to call is 877-969-8600. That's 877-969-8600. First caller with the correct answer will win. Is Doc picking Kansas City, the Eagles, or none of the above as the winner? Go. There you go. Of today's Super Bowl. So if you were listening at the front of the show, you should know. 877-969-8600. Now is the time to call. Ain't that right, Doc? That's right, and don't forget, we're at 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. We have telemedicine, we have in-office visits. We can do anything anywhere. We can go anywhere in the world and see you because we have the Internet. That's right, exactly. Had a, I had one of my patients, I did a telemedicine on him uh, yesterday or the day before, Friday. Um, he's out in San Francisco visiting family out there. He was all bundled up. He said it was in the 50s, and he was cold. <laughs> but there we were, face to face. All right, Doc. We'll Get a cup of coffee, buddy. I'm Dr. Bill. Here's the latest from the Answer News Center. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. The U.S. has blacklisted six Chinese entities it says are linked to Beijing's aerospace programs 
As part of its retaliation over an alleged Chinese spy balloon that traversed U.S. airspace recently, the economic restrictions came after the Biden administration pledged to consider broader efforts to address China's surveillance activities. We've had two more of those unidentified flying objects shot down in just the past couple of days, one over Alaska and one over Canada. Turkish officials detaining and arresting 130 people allegedly involved in shoddy and illegal construction methods after those earthquakes collapsed thousands of buildings in southeast Turkey. The death toll more than 28,000 as of this morning. And the IRS says most relief checks issued by states last year will not be subject to federal taxes. This is SRN News. The big AM860 the answer. Listen on our website, theanswertampa.com. 93.7 FM. W229DJ Dunedin. By downloading the Answer Tampa app or on TuneIn or Odyssey. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical. Located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket costs a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. The latest from AccuWeather at the top and bottom of the hour, only on AM860, The Answer. Today, we'll have strong winds gradually tapering off. With intervals of clouds and sunshine, the high will be 68. Tonight, patchy clouds and a low 54. Tomorrow night, with plenty of sun, the high will be 70. Tomorrow night, clear skies and a low 50. On Tuesday, pleasant with partial sunshine and a high 77. That's your accurate forecast. I'm Garrett Beck on AM 860, The Answer. <laughs> And I'm back. This is Dr. Bill. I got Ken with me. We're doing a show this morning. Uh, we heard about the uh, the earthquake in Turkey and northern Syria. 28,000 dead, Ken. Just awful. Just awful. 6,000 buildings collapsed. And uh, as, as we heard from our newscaster, they're going after 130 people that were involved in the uh, in the 
construction of these buildings. Apparently, there are pretty stringent building codes in Turkey, but they're not being enforced. Uh, <laughs> okay. A lot of corruption, I'm sure, a lot of uh, a lot of apathy. Uh, but uh, two guys were arrested at the airport. <laughs> they were trying to skip out of the country. Huh? We're trying to get out, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, they didn't make it. But uh, a 7.8 magnitude. Oh yeah, that's that's a really big one. Yeah, that's a healthy one. Yeah. I don't think we've I don't think we've had one here that big in a long long time. No, I, I don't think so. I think the, uh, the maybe the one out in San Francisco. That was a seven or something somewhere around there. Yeah, that was, and you know the the biggest earthquake in U.S. history was uh, in eighteen eleven. Did you know that New Madrid? Yeah, the new the New Madrid fault uh, line, which runs up the uh, Mississippi River, changed and, the course of the Mississippi. It did, and, the, and it sent a tsunami north up the Mississippi. That I didn't know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Real Foot Lake in, in uh, western Tennessee, that was formed at that time. Uh, the river overflowed, and there was a depression there, and it filled in. And uh, now you've got this lake with all these nice little little bass and crappie and, and sunfish, and you go fishing there. It's pretty neat. It's a, It looks kind of... Uh, uh, primordial because it's got all these uh, cypress trees and uh, you know big-footed trees all around it looks really neat i've been there but when that new madrid goes off and it has minor quakes every once in a while uh, that's about 10 years ago i guess we were i was up in chicago just doing my newscast and uh just got off the air and was sitting there at my desk and all of a sudden <laughs> way up there in the chicago area the ground started moving we don't get a lot of earthquakes up there so it was quite a surprise they say that uh, even in Toronto, the uh, the quake was felt. So that's pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, if that and, ever goes and, off again, big time, St. Louis is in big trouble. You know, they have these sand uh, blows uh, along the Mississippi uh, that are uh, a testament to the fact that there's still active uh, tectonic plate movement underneath there, and these these uh, these holes they actually will shoot out. Uh, a big wad of sand and dirt, and uh, that's because of the tectonic movement of the plates. Very cool stuff. Cool stuff, yeah. Hey, we got a winner, Doc. Who we got? Our losing streak is over. All right. Tim Williams. Uh, Tim Williams. Tim Williams of Tampa. Tim Williams. Yes. It hey, was Tim. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you, buddy. We love you, and we're going to send you... Two of the very best of my remaining mugs. They actually, they all look the same. <laughs> but <laughs> but he knew he knew the answer to the question. Well, well, I'll ask you, Doc. What football team you push? Are you pushing this uh, Super Bowl? I'm I'm just sitting on the side. I'm in the middle. I'm whoever wins. I'm for them. You're on the fifty yard line. I'm on the fifty yard line, which is the best place to be, by the way. That's right. You get so, to see more of the game. Stay neutral. That's right. I'm taking the Eagles. You do it well. A good defense really always ends up winning, I think. Yeah, the defense is well, but you got you got a, a an outlier there in Mahomes. So, I mean, well, you know, you can have the best defense in the world, but sometimes you just can't get that guy. <laughs> I mean, he, <laughs> he'll be falling down throwing a, a bullet, and uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and he's got guys who can catch him too, which is uh, it's going to be a good game, I think. Yeah, it should be a good game. We're looking forward to it. We're going to go up to the clubhouse and hang with some homies. Uh, and by the way, did you know they pulled a two-month-old kid out of the rubble in, in uh, Hattay, Turkey?
turkey. I hadn't heard yet, but thank God, yeah. It's still alive. Yeah, that's amazing. How long can somebody go in a in a situation like that before there's just no more hope? A week? Is it about a week or so? I would think that a week without water is going to be pretty pretty much it. Maybe two weeks. I don't know. It depends on your conditioning, and I doubt that those people were, you know, most of those folks were conditioned to survive the, that kind of uh, of uh, deprivation. So yeah. we'll see. But they're still pulling an occasional uh, live one out. They pulled. Uh, a six-month pregnant woman out and a 70-year-old woman. Uh, so they're finding a few here and there. But, you know, when you got that much rubble, it's it's just it's impossible. When you have multi-story buildings that have fallen on on top of thousands of people, I mean, it, it it's like the World Trade Center. You know, it just crushes everything. Yeah. It's hard to find, uh, uh, find survivors. By the time you do, it's too late. But... Well, those numbers will be going up for some time. Yep, and yeah, they're they're predicting over thirty one thousand will be uh, will be the number. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know how accurate the uh, the uh, the population demographics are in in Turkey. I'm sure that in some of the outlying areas that uh, the census is not very accurate. People probably don't want to participate. But uh, at any rate, there you go. God bless. Hope yeah, it, prayers hope, go out to him because yeah, your prayers go out to him. Whether you, whether you believe in God or not, you got to pray for him. Yeah, it's just so so sad. Yeah. So uh, meanwhile, back in Memphis, you know the fired EMTs over over this uh, this guy that got beaten to death uh, by the cops. Right. What about the EMTs? You know they fired three of them. They and, fired the EMTs. Yeah, they fired three EMTs. EMTs because they said they should have been more proactive and gotten in there and helped the guy. And I, you know, I don't know that I would want to step in when you got six angry cops. Well, you don't interfere with the police. Uh, but uh, and and so they're suing. They're suing, Ken. I would. The the uh, the uh, fire department, uh, their attorney is suing on behalf of the fired EMTs, or somebody's suing on behalf of the fired EMTs, and uh, you know they're saying. Well, look, we we just responded to what we were told, and if we weren't given all the facts, whose fault is that? Is that ours, or is that that the cops and or the dispatcher? And we didn't know what all was going on, so hmm. we don't feel that's, like. Oh, that's a first for me. I've never heard of that one before. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I I don't know what the protocols are, uh, but certainly you have to have adequate information if you're. Uh, an EMT and you're responding to a, uh, an emergency, you, you need to know what's going on. So like when we call the EMS EMTs to come to the office to pick up somebody who's having a heart attack, we we give them as much information as we can. But we're, we're very proactive. You know, we try to get an, uh, an IV started and uh, get some medications on board to uh, alleviate some of the symptoms and uh, to mitigate some of the damage to the heart. But we usually have one a year when the Canadians are down here. Somebody just has a heart attack right there in the office. We've had people walk in having a heart attack, yeah. Okay, like, we waited a little too dude, long. What <laughs> Why didn't you go to the ER? Well, because we heard you were the best, Dr. Bill. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have him. You know, we got we got a few things in the office we can give you. <laughs> but uh, we don't have all the... Uh, all the firepower that the emergency department has. See, that's branding, Doc. 
That's Brandon. That's right. You're the best. People know it. They want the best. So they go they to your office. Best. But when you're dying of a heart attack, it's probably should go to the hospital. Yeah, I would think that would be better. I mean, we're glad to have the business, but uh, you might want to think about your own your own life first. Yeah, you'll come over and see him over there. <laughs> yeah, you can drop by afterwards when you're back out of the hospital. Sure. We get a lot of follow-ups. So, <laughs> so we, now we've got uh, Pence. Uh, they're subpoenaing, subpoenaing uh, Pence over some uh, papers and documents that are supposedly related to the January 6th uh, rebellion or whatever they call it. Insurrection. I call it a breaching. They breached the Capitol. Hey, I thought the Capitol belonged to us anyway. What are you talking about? Well, it was locked. Anything locked would have to be breached, I would think. Yeah, I would think so, but... Uh, but it is ours, yes. Yeah, what happened to the days when you could just walk in and look around and, you know, get a, get a pass and go in the gallery and, and uh, watch the House or the Senate at work? Oh, man, I don't... It's been a while, I think, since we've done that, isn't it? We're, Pre nine eleven, oh yeah, way before that. I think they started locking things down. So at any rate, Pence is going to claim executive privilege, and uh, but he's already stepped in it when he criticized Trump for sending some emails about his wife and kids or whatever. I don't know. They they had something on the side going on during that time, and uh, you know you can't blame Trump for being upset. Uh, I mean, the guy was brutally picked on throughout his whole presidency and and there comes a time and a point in any man's life and you know come on these are just men they're they're just people they're not they're not gods and they're going to have their breaking points just like anybody else but uh is he what is he uh, i know uh, i know trump's lawyers have now filed yeah for executive privilege on this so yeah we'll we'll see what happens but uh, that should be a good showdown there yeah yeah well Hopefully we can report back on that in, in a, a month or two and give you the update as to what's going on. Well, they're so, both running for president, so it'll be fun to watch how that turns out. Uh, Pence ain't going to get anywhere. No, he's getting like 1% of Republicans right now, something like maybe a little more than that, but not a whole I mean, lot. He, his fatal flaw was that he criticized Trump, and he shouldn't have done that. I mean, uh, you're not going to win the base by criticizing their their hero. Yeah, exactly. That's not going to work. So if you're going to be in politics, you got to be a little bit smart about about it and about what you say. And I think he wrote this book. Now, he may just be running just to get his book out there and get some more money coming in. I doubt he's made a lot of money. I mean, you don't get paid much to be in government. And uh, unless he was a thief, uh, he's not going to – I don't know what his background is, but I would guess he's been in government for quite a while. You know, he started in radio. Did he? Yes, he started as a radio announcer. Well, you don't make much money there either. Not when you start, that's for sure. <laughs> can you make in six figures when you get up there? Oh, you can do better than that if you're in the right spot at the right time with the right talent. Well, yeah, but that's a very small group. That's a that's small like six group. or seven people, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, the majority, I mean, a guy like you, you you made in six figures for a while when you were in, in business up in Chicago, I'm sure. Never quite got that high. But I well, never had my own show. I was always um, a, um, you know, the news guy, the second banana kind of thing. I was the Ed McMahon. Yeah. Well, we still love you. Well, <laughs> I, I didn't know if I didn't make six figures, you weren't going to love me anymore. I wasn't worried about it, Doc. <laughs> 
But anyway, you know, yeah, wait, a lot of people up there in radio right now are making half a million easy. So times have changed. They have. So in the uh, English town of Great Yarmouth on Friday, some workers were putting another bridge across the river there, and they came across a, a World War II era bomb that hadn't been exploded. You know, the the uh, Germans dropped bombs on on uh, England, and and the Allies dropped bombs on Germany, and not all of them blew up at the time. So I guess they called in the demolition guys, Ken, and and uh, they were working on it. They were trying to cut it open, and I, I think they used some kind of acid or some kind of uh, uh, heat mechanism, and then they all got out of the way, and the thing blew up. <laughs> it's, I guess it took out. Uh, all that hard work that those guys were doing to put that bridge in. Well, yeah. I'd like to be the guy that finds that. And I would guess that uh, with your you know with your loader with your dump truck or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, they've probably been it's probably a lot of fun for the kids in the neighborhood, you know, mm. they're down there seeing what's going on. This happens once in a while in Germany too, you hear about these things they are still down there, so. Yeah. And uh, I would think that being a, a demolition expert would be a pretty risky business, and I don't know how people uh, would choose that as their given profession. Uh, uh, you know, like these IEDs in Afghanistan and Iraq, guys, teams going in trying to disarm those things, and then they end up getting their arms and legs blown off. I, I don't know. I mean, would you do that? No. I'd send in a robot. That'd be yes. cool. Yeah. Or send in a little kid, you know, one of the local kids. <laughs> <laughs> hey, kid, go in there and I'll get no, you some no. candy. <laughs> don't go See, there, Doc. I don't need a meeting tomorrow. <laughs> See? <laughs> See that thing sticking out of the wall? Pull off. <laughs> go jump on it. See what happens. See what happens. At any rate, we got bombs blowing up. We've got all kinds of things going on in the world. <clears throat> Back in Turkey, they're worried about looting and hygiene. Because you know, anytime you have a natural disaster, there's looting. When when we had the uh, the uh, tornado come through our neighborhood back in the early '70s, uh, my house for a couple of weeks there were national guardsmen at the end of the street, and I had to show them my ID to get back to my house because they were trying to prevent people from coming in and looting. Wow! But I still snuck out at night and did a little. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't go looting then, did you? Oh no! Just okay. a, you know, maybe it's maybe a little twenty-eight inch TV. Just, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> hey, they were heavy back then. Yeah, they were. You know, because they had those big uh, cathode ray tubes. Yeah, the big tubes. Oh, uh... ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> so, you know about the, the the ice festival in Harbin, China? No, no, I do not. That is the largest ice festival in the world, and it is really cool. I want to go there one time. I mean, they have, like, whole cities out of ice, made out of ice, and lit up with uh, lasers and all kinds of uh, fancy stuff. And it goes on from December to the beginning of March. Um, so when I retire, that's going to be on my bucket list. A city of ice. Yeah, they, they, they have ice sculptors from all around the world that come in. And they they make palaces and and streets and mazes and uh, statues and it's 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 really pretty cool. And what's this called again? It's the Harbin H A R B I N Ice Festival, and that's in Manchuria, in northern northeastern China. 
And Harbin is actually a Russian name because that city at one time was part of the Russian Empire. And uh, there's still a lot of Russian influences, a lot of onion dome buildings and the cuisine. And I guess there's people that's, that still speak Russian. I, I'm guessing there's a lot of back and forth when you get up into that part of the world uh, between Russia and China and families back and forth. I know one of the doctors at the hospital, uh, Hogan, he's uh, Korean, but his mother uh, was born and raised in Russia, and she spoke fluent Russian or his grandmother, and then they moved back into uh, South Korea at some point. So yeah, you don't, where, where is the borderline in some places? You don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 a huge border. It's yeah. not like you've got the Rio Grande running along it. So we we've probably demarcated our border a little better on the south, but on the north between mm-hmm. the United States and Canada, I sure. don't know. I think so. Absolutely, that's a big border. There was one town up in New Hampshire or Maine or somewhere, uh, Vermont, that after nine eleven when they started locking down the borders. There was a, a, a library, and half of it was in Canada, half of it was in the United States. <laughs> they were trying to figure out, do we put a guard in here and make people show their IDs before they... <laughs> there's got to be places, though. There's got to be places in, like, well, Upper Michigan and uh, Minnesota, North Dakota. We can just walk through. Nobody knows you're there. Yeah, it's just the forest, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, you when you go to uh, Isle Royale and Lake Superior, I mean, you could... You can see uh, Thunder Bay, which is in Ontario, uh, from the from the northwest side of the island. And I mean, you, you just you drive your boat over there and dock and go eat. Yeah, right. moonshiners did it all the time in the uh, Great yeah. Depression. Yeah. Hey, that's not a bad gig. A moonshiner? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told you about my friend, uh, Canadian guy. I met him when he came in the office years ago, and and uh, he he was. Uh, He's a real interesting guy. He's a multimillionaire. He built up a business and sold it, got it back too. Now his son's running it. But uh, he got kicked out of high school for being a bad boy. And uh, so he went up to the Dew Line, which was the early warning line, you know, the NORAD line up in northern Canada, where we had all the radars back in the in the 50s and 60s and 70s. I guess we still have that stuff. NORAD. I would think so, yeah. Yeah, NORAD picked up those balloons. So uh, he went up there, and he was, you know, a kid, young guy that was doing civilian stuff, and uh, and he figured out that booze in Greenland was much cheaper than in Canada. <laughs> and you know, it's it's, I mean, Greenland and, and, and northern Canada, I mean, they're they're like, you know, Florida and uh, northern Georgia, they're not very far away from each other. So um, he talked a pilot into flying him over there, and they'd pick up booze on the weekends, bring it back sell it to the to the soldiers and the civilian workers and uh, give a little bit free to the RCMP. And he, <laughs> he saved up enough money to put himself through college. <laughs> really? <laughs> Bootlegging. Yeah. Bootlegging. So uh, his story is, is very fascinating. And uh, he he is a character. He he has a nose for money. He knew where to go to get it. An entrepreneur there. Yeah. At one point, he was dating the daughter of the... Uh, when the World Fair was in Quebec or in Montreal back in the, what, 60s, mm-hmm. he was dating the daughter of the guy that was in charge of transportation for all the dignitaries. And so he gave he gave my friend, he said, you want a job? He said, yeah. He says, I need somebody to shuttle the dignitaries back and forth between the airport. So he went and found a couple of guys with helicopters and made a little cash doing that. <laughs> yeah. Well. Nice. Sweet. Good man. Good man. Yeah. Yeah. Smart guy. 
it's fun, you know, it's fun to see the uh, the ingenuity that that people can display and bring to the fore uh, when they're really pressed. He came from a big family, Catholics, I don't know, 10 kids, poor family, farmers, and uh, he made really, really well, did really well. He thinks big. Yeah, he thought big and he did it. Yeah. So what do you think? Tom Brady says he's not going to retire after all. I think he's really done. He said I'm he said he's not leaving. When did he say that? Yesterday. I didn't hear that at all. Yeah. He came out of retirement again? No, maybe I maybe he didn't. Maybe this is old. <laughs> Probably. I think he's really done this time. Is he done this time? I think so. But unless I'm wrong, we'll start uh, we'll find out when Sports Zone starts up here in a little while, but um now he's supposed to go to Fox and be a, a sports announcer. Yeah, the money he's making at Fox over ten years will just about cover what he lost to the Bitcoin people. I think. I don't know. Do they pay that much? He's got like a three hundred forty-five million dollar contract with with Fox. With Fox, yeah. Over, do- over ten years. Why didn't I go into professional sports? <laughs> <laughs> I guess because I'm five ten and, and was one sixty and. In college, and don't, don't get, and don't like getting knocked down every weekend by big guys. I wouldn't have gone very far, that's for sure. They would have beat the crap out of me. <laughs> I could have probably played some defense, but not the offense. wasn't fast enough. How does how did I mean? How has he done this? How has he stayed in in uh, in the game for so long? Just, what, he just loves it. Do you think that there's some kind of genetic uh, phenomena that? Uh, that people are able to do that, that they have that that ability to to put up with that kind of abuse and, and survive it? Yeah, psychologically, you just want to be the winner, I guess. You know, you just want that trophy. Yep, yep. I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't do it. I don't think so. Not that long. Not only your 40s, 45 now? Yeah, I, well, I guess you get inured into it. You know, you you get hard and you you get used to being hit. You know how to fall and and uh, your body toughens up, the bones toughen up. Repeated okay. repeated usage of of certain muscles. Uh, I guess there's a memory that comes into that that's subconscious, uh, just sort of a, a automatic. Well, probably, but I think he's done now. Okay, well, if he's done now, he's done now. <laughs> and that's it, Tom. We don't want to hear any more out of you about playing football. Oh no, I'd love to have him on the on the uh, the Fox TV shows. I think they'll be fine. Yeah, we got Gronk it. on there now. Gronk's on the uh, Fox, and he's doing pretty good. He's kind of funny. I like listening to him. Yeah, no, I, I I like I would like to hear him as an announcer, but I think as a football player, it's time to hang it up. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he finally realized that. We don't want to see him get really hurt. No, exactly. He's the best of all time. Go out while you're still looking good. By the way, you know the Chinese are all upset with uh, with with Biden because he's uh, now banned, or the administration has banned uh, any investments or any interaction with six or eight Chinese companies uh, that are uh, helping develop some of these balloons and adding to the defense industry there. And I guess that's making for more strained relationships with uh, with our our cousins over there in China that apparently cheated <laughs> like that. Well, you know, they shouldn't go making balloons at Bahamas. I know. If, if you're going to make them, make them so that they pop. Yes. 
and go down before you can find them and shoot them down. Yeah. Doc, we got about 30 seconds left. You want to give the office uh, address, phone number, that kind of thing here? Yes, I do. We are at 6399 38th Avenue North, St. Petersburg, Florida, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. We are a full-service medical clinic. Come on in. We got everything, Ken. X-ray, ultrasound, labs, uh, whatever you want, we got it for you. We'll see you later, Doc. All right, buddy. Thanks. We had a good time today. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Clinic. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.